Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning and welcome. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. We're your hosts this morning from the Pastoral Center in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. How's it going, Dr. Bergwald? It's going really well. How are you, Heather? Good. It's been a couple months since we got to it's hang out with been you. four months since I was on last. Four? Can you believe? Yeah, I couldn't make no August. No way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people don't care, but normally I'm every other month there, but August I had a conflict, so I had to wow. bang out. So it has been a while. It's it been a while. It feels like it's been a while, and you've got some hair growing. <laughs> okay, this is... <laughs> This is radio, not TV, Heather. So I mean, it's coming out the his nose. Could be like, what is going on? Right is it now? no shave November still? Jermaine was gone for a week and a half. Oh, um, so I decided to let. Uh, okay, I thought maybe you're getting a jump start on it or something. No, no. no. okay. We'll see how long it lasts. All right, very good. Well, we've got a good show planned for you this morning, and I say that every morning because I plan them all. <laughs> All mornings are good. Himbo's eyes off in the sight of the Lord. Oh, oh, oh sorry. That, that Excuse me. Line? Pardon me. Well, let's start with a prayer real quick. Great. All right. Name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Good morning, God. You're in, ushering in another day, untouched and freshly new. So here I am to ask you, God, if you'll renew me too. Forgive the many errors that I made yesterday, and let me try again, dear God, to walk closer in your way. But Lord, I am well aware I can't make it on my own. So take my hand and hold it tight, for I cannot walk alone. Amen. Amen. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Saint Faustina. Pray, Pray for, for us. us. So we're gonna start off with our first guest this morning. We're gonna head over to the phones and Rhonda is on with us. Good morning, Rhonda. Good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning. So happy to be with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so tell the listeners a little bit about who you are. So Rhonda Gruenwald from Houston, Texas, born and raised um, in in great state of Texas. And um, I grew up with a small middle-class family about 30 miles north of Houston, um, but grew up with no faith whatsoever. My dad didn't want the Bible read in the house, so it wasn't. My mom was Methodist. We went to church a handful of times. Uh, they divorced when I was 12. I end up at the University of Texas in Austin and uh, then taught English and coached speech and debate at a large public high school north of Houston for five years. And it was this time of life that I decided I should go to church. So there was a Methodist church down the road, and I go and figure out that I had actually never been baptized. So hmm. at 25, 25 years of age, I'm get baptized into the Methodist Church. And the next year I met David, my husband now, of 25 years as of June. And he was just Catholic enough to say, I can't get married over there. And so we get married in the church. We build a home. We find a parish home to call our own. And um, by this time now I'm pregnant with our first child. And I'm like, I should go through that RCIA thing. 
earlier, sooner rather than later. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, I do. And instead of coming into the church at the Easter Vigil, I give birth that night. Um, and there'll be bonus points later, I'm sure, for that. But uh, so uh, she was baptized, and I was confirmed in June on June 13, 1999, came into the church. And um, I took a deep dive into Catholicism. When you go from zero to Catholicism, it's like a mm-hmm. huge, big learning curve. So, right. yeah. Um, I, yeah, I started reading uh, John Paul II's encyclicals on being a Catholic uh, mom and wife and a wow. whole year a whole year on Mary. Yeah, it was a certain program that you basically spent spent four years studying these encyclicals with 15 other women. So it, was this, it wasn't necessarily a Bible study because it wasn't Bible, but it was it was exactly what I needed being mm. a convert, not knowing what I was doing. Um, you know, I was just, just trying, like, I, I was just, uh, everything about Catholicism was, was surprising to me. I'm yep. like, for example, taking my my two-year-old son to daily mass, just trying to get him used to mass, you know, and because Sundays were hard for him. And uh, we come up to to mass, outside of mass, and there's these two women talking. And they are talking about this certain date. This certain date comes up, and one woman says, oh, that's St. Lucy's feast day. Now, to Catholics listening, that's not a big deal. But to a convert, I'm going, why do they know this is St. Lucy's feast day? <laughs> Who's St. Lucy? Why right. should I care? You know, what, <laughs> what is the significance of all this? I mean, that is just one of a thousand examples for a convert to hear about in the Catholic Church and to need to, you know, to learn it. Anyway, it's a lifetime of learning for sure. But um, then in 2011, um, we uh, have two kids now. Um, they're 20 and uh, 23. Well, the uh, Abby is uh, my firstborn, and she is moved to uh, Los Angeles and is a full-time casting assistant, which keeps me on my knees. Mm-hmm. And um, and then my son, who's twenty, is a sophomore at Texas A and M University. Um, and so here we are. I 2011. We're at a brand new parish um, for us, and a, a new parochial vicar. Father Victor Perez called out of the blue one day and said, can you come to a meeting about priests and such up at church in three hours? Hmm. Now, I volunteered a lot at church, and we were lectors. We were doing all kinds of I was working with the youth and that kind of thing, but I didn't really know Father Victor. Um, he had just seen me around campus and at Mass and praying in front of Planned Parenthood, but he didn't really know me. And, I mean, it was kind of, like, surprising to get that kind of call right out of the blue. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but uh, we thought, oh, my gosh, you know, a priest actually asked us to come to something. We should probably go. Well, in 2011, I had no idea. Being a convert for 12 years, I had no idea what the word vocation meant. Mm. He's, he's tasked with resurrecting a parish vocation committee at the parish. And I didn't know what we were talking about. But he told me two things. He said, this is one of the most important things we could do at our parish. And he meant promoting priesthood, religious life, and sacramental marriage. And every parish is supposed to be doing this. So I go home with the that understanding. Mm-hmm. Every parish is supposed to be doing this. So I'm go to Google. Google's going to tell me what to do, right? <laughs> step one. Step two. <laughs> like, this was my expectation because I'm new to the church, but the church is very old, and if every parish is supposed right. to be doing this, there should be something there. But no. 
So we just started praying and promoting vocations however we could. Uh, Father Victor took the time to explain what we should be doing and how to do it and prayerfully um, to do it. And um, about 18 months into, into that, the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston said, how can we do this all over Houston? And I said, maybe I could write a pamphlet. And that pamphlet turned into my first book, Hundredfold, A Guide to Parish Vocation Ministry. And it's coming from a teacher's point of view, meaning um, having been a high school English teacher for those many years, um, I knew that it had to be easy. Mm -hmm. I had to make this super easy because there's so many obstacles. Okay, if anybody's done anything in parish life, there are so many obstacles to doing anything good in parish life. This is just the way it is. So you better make it easy for somebody to be able to do it and make a difference. So it's very, you know, it's got 67 activities in it, laid out exactly step-by-step how to do it, how to recruit members, like very well organized, and then started vocationministry.com, which is the place to go if you like one of the activities, to go download the thing to make the difference for at your parish. So I thought I'm done. I'm like, Jesus, we're good, right? We're done. And he's like, "Mm mm-mm. So I go to this conference for vocation directors. Every diocese has a priest who's a vocation director. And I'm there to tell them about the book. And they start asking me, can you come speak to our priest? Can you come train our parishioners? And I'm like looking at them like they have a third eye because I said, have you read the first part of the book? I'm a convert. There got to be rules against that. Yeah, yeah. They're not going <laughs> yeah, yeah. to let me talk to priests. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, no, Rhonda, you're the one. You need to do this. And I, I'm like, okay. So I just, this is 2015. I just start saying yes. And we form a nonprofit, and I start traveling the country, and we've given 135 workshops at 50 dioceses since two, since 2015. And wow, uh, you know, uh, so <laughs> what that showed me was that when I went to Google in 2011, that it wasn't I didn't know where to look. It was just there wasn't <clears throat> right. anything right. for anybody. And so uh, we've actually seen great fruit from these workshops. We train the priests. We get the parishioners on board. This isn't just a, a one parish. We're talking about diocesan-wide efforts, like, to get more people focused on vocations. And, for example, um, Peoria, Illinois, went from nine seminarians to 22 seminarians within a few years of our being there. Um, Stockton, California, went from zero to nine seminarians in three years. Um, and we have, like, 12 different examples of that across the country. And and so we knew there was, was fruit there. And uh, during the workshops, I'd get asked, what do you have for educators? What do you have for teachers? And I was like, I have hundredfold because I'm traveling the country and I don't have time to write a book. But then everything shut down in 2020, and God gave me time to write a book. So my second book, The Harvest, A Guide to Vocation, Ministry, and Education, was born. I call it my COVID baby that I don't have to burp for feet. And, um, and so then we started giving workshops to principals and teachers and catechists and Catholic uh, um, co- uh, college campus ministers. And, and, and so God just keeps putting new things in front of us to do, um, which leads us to even having this new day in the Catholic Church called Deacon Sunday, you know? I mean, we're just kind of really open to whatever the Holy Spirit puts in front of us. That's how I look at this. Because it's all a work of the Holy Spirit, because, heck, I could never have planned any of this. 
That's where we are. So who's who's the we in this now, Rondi? So you get started. It, it, it kind of begins when Father Victor invites you to uh, be part of this vocations committee at your parish. Uh, right. So who is whose vocations? So is is what do you call your apostle? Is a vocations ministry or what? what what's the name Very of it? Very good. Apostle? Good. Good. Okay. So it went from my just volunteering at a parish, right, to then when I started getting requests to go around the country, then the non we formed. I formed a nonprofit, and it was me and a board of directors. Okay. And so it was just me working here until two, so for four years. I'm traveling the country, doing all the things, giving all the workshops. It's just me. And then I finally get an assistant in 2019. <laughs> now we have there are five of us working here wow. at at Vocation Ministry, which is the name of the the nonprofit. And our whole goal is to normalize discernment in all aspects. Uh, all aspects of Catholic um, life, and to promote vocations um, wherever wherever families are, whether that's at the parish, whether that's at school, during catechism classes, there needs to be prayer for vocations and promotion of vocations. And when you say that, I know we're going to be talking about uh, deacons in a particular way in a little bit, but when you say that, is it so... Um all the vocations, priesthood, diaconate, religious life, uh, l- marriage as well, or are you focused on priesthood and diaconate? Good, good question. So, um, well, I do whatever the church tells me to do. That's where I go with this. So when I wrote Hundredfold, I did a, a deep dive in, again, remember, I didn't know what I was talking about in 2011, so kind of <laughs> needed to, I needed to know more, right? So I went to the Pope. What did the Pope write? What, are, what was the Vatican teaching us? about vocations to really understand this. And so um, the Church teaches is we've got, uh, everybody has a call to holiness. Mm-hmm. Under that, we have priesthood, religious life, sacramental marriage. Mm-hmm. So uh, sacramental marriage, then within that, so the call within a call is what it's called for diaconate, because 90% of deacons are married. So that is a call within a call, is what that's mm-hmm. <laughs> no pun intended, Rhonda. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> no other word was going to work. <laughs> right, and, and yeah, and yeah, and we'll talk about this more. But to be clear, like you don't need to be married to be a permanent deacon either. I mean, you no, can be exactly. Single. It just so, that's ninety percent are, absolutely. and within yep. the formation, they always keep saying that marriage is your first vocation. Yep, yep. They, for those who are, yep, yep, exactly. Yep. For those who are married, your marriage yep. is your first vocation. Yep. Absolutely, yep. exactly. All right, folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Rhonda Gruenwald. She is uh, Director of Vocations Ministry, and we're going to be talking about Deacon Sunday and just what that is when we come back. So, folks, stay with us. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And we're your hosts this morning. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. 
Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Real Presence Radio is available on Alexa-enabled devices, including Amazon Echo, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To enable the skill, just say, Alexa, enable Real Presence Radio. To listen, say something like, Alexa, open Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play, to which you can respond, play Sioux Falls, or play AM970, or play WWEN. From there, you can use commands like play, pause, and stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, on Alexa-enabled devices. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. We're your hosts this morning for Real Presence Live, broadcasting from the Pastoral Center here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thanks for joining us. We're having a great conversation with Rhonda Gruenwald from Vocation Ministry. We've been talking all things vocation and her ministry. (laughs) And her story. And her story. So one question I had for you, Rhonda, before we dive into um, the Deacon's Day is... So when you're saying you're going in and teaching um, parishes, priests, laity, what are you teaching them? Like what kind, what, just a brief overview of the types of things that they're learning. That is such a good question. Well, priests and parishioners need to learn different things. So Mm -hmm. because a priest doesn't need to be in on the day-to-day what to do with this ministry, right? That's not Mm -hmm. what I need them to know. Um, I I need to inspire priests to talk about vocations again, because that has been lost. Um, they, 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 for whatever reason, it's multifaceted, so I'm not going to, I mean, I could take a 30 minutes just to talk about that or why, mm-hmm. but, you know, uh, let's just say one, one main reason, the scandals have put priests with the back up against the wall, and they don't, they, it's operating out of a place of fear, to talk with young people about discerning priesthood or religious life um, is a real thing. So I need to challenge them to not let the devil win in that, that they have got to. We know there are young people um, that are discerning. Look, look at this. Okay, so yearly, almost every year, it's the same numbers. About 75% of the newly ordained say they first heard the call before 18 years of age. Mm. That's a big number. Mm-hmm. The biggest number is 40% here between 6 and 13. That's when they're hearing it. 6 to 13 years of age, when they are in the Catholic schools or catechism classes and choir or altar serving, and that's when we need to engage them. That's when we need to foster it. I mean, I'm not saying they need to enter seminary when they're 7 years old. I'm saying that when if God touches their heart in such a way that they 
they think maybe God is calling me to be a priest, that there's maybe something in the parish talking about vocations, meaning, like, are there activities? Is there prayer for vocations? Is there is a priest talking about vocations from the um, in his homilies? Is he talking about listening to God and doing God's will and sharing his story and sharing his joy? These are things that a priest can do, knowing that we've got young people in the pews wanting to know exactly those things. What do I do with this information? God's put this on my heart. Now what? What do I do? So there's a lot I tell priests, and, and, but the biggest thing I can do is just inspire them to focus on vocations. And, and I don't mean just always talking about the word vocation. It really is talking about, um, you know, discern, how do you discern God's will? How do you do that? On a, on a regular basis. I mean, I think adults need to hear that, too. How do we discern God's will in small things so that when big questions come up, like, should is God calling me to be a priest, or am I being called to be a sister, then we can discern that properly. And how about, wouldn't it be amazing if, if young adults really discerned marriage? Hmm. discerned, like really prayerfully discerned this over months period of time, not or years period of time, not just falling into it, because that's what their parents did, or and having this destination wedding, that we, hello, maybe the church is important, and bringing God <laughs> back into the marriage. I mean, there's so much there, but um, so, so priests need to hear that, and parishioners need to hear about how, they need to be inspired about this and know about this, but then I'm teaching them on on the different types of activities that they can do. So all in the book, on the website, all the activities are uh, put in phases. So, for example, exactly what I wish Google would have told me, step one, step mm-hmm. two, phase one, phase two, phase three. So in phases, so they know what to do first. And then within that, all the activities are, are divided into four categories. Prayer, we've got to be praying. We've got to be a people of prayer. Uh, four vocations, and expecting prayer, and then um, awareness and education. So we need education. Most most Catholics have no idea what the word vocation means. They don't know a pre- how the priest becomes a priest, or sister or sister. They don't know the very basic things about vocations, really. They just come on Sundays, they see their priest there, and that's about as much thought as they give to this. And then uh, third is youth. We've got to put joyful examples of vocations, men and women who said yes to their vocation in front of you. And then lastly, it's affirmation. We need to affirm those who've said yes to their vocation. Amen. So let's jump, because we're going to run out of time. I can tell this already, Rhonda. <laughs> let's jump ahead to um, uh, the event with the deacons coming up. Tell us about that. So this was really something. We we saw the need of this at my own parish when I was just volunteering at the parish. We saw well, there was Priesthood Sunday at the end of September, and which is great. And then there's World Priest Day in, in June, and, and there, then National Vocation Awareness Week. We could talk about priesthood. You know, so there are all these days around priesthood. And I saw these other men serving in our church so beautifully and selflessly, um, and they didn't have a day. I mean, I went to Google. Again, Google, let me down. <laughs> I go to Google and I put in deacon appreciation. Deacon, thank you. And you know what I found? 
greeting cards. Greeting cards. This is what I found. <laughs> nothing, nothing in the church. Nobody else is doing this. And I'm like, we're creating Deacon Sunday. So at our own parish in 2012, we hold Deacon Sunday. And it was a, a huge reception for our deacons. And there were hundreds of people there lined up to in a receiving line to talk and say thank you to the deacons. And it, it was amazing. And so um, then I go about the work of uh, writing the books and all of that. And here we are in uh, 2022, and I say, you know what? I think it's time to do this National Day, because there is nothing in the church calendar to say thank you to the deacons. And so I said, you know, this is important. Even though it's a call within a call, we've already covered that. And, you know, the first call is marriage if they're married. But I feel like it's important to say yes, yes, and thank you. Thank you to these men, and I want other men to see the diaconate in a new light, and maybe mm. they can say yes to this. Mm-hmm. So it's twofold. I want to affirm those saying yes, and I want to bring it to the forefront so that other men can say, hmm, maybe this is what I should be doing. So that is why we did it, and um, we picked specifically the second Sunday of October each year to celebrate it, because... Um, our typical deacons that we think of, the Saints, St. Stephen and St. Lawrence, gosh, I wish they had these days that were better suited for celebrations in a parish. But August and December 26th, those are not good days. <laughs> those are not good days to be celebrating in a parish. So I said, okay, here's Priesthood Sunday, which is the end of September each year the last Sunday of September. Okay, well, why don't we just get a few weeks out from that? So we're still in that mode of, 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 of affirming. We're still in the mode of affirming those who said yes and, and put Deacon Sunday here. And October is uh, typically a pretty good month to do things within the parish. There's a lot of parish life going on. It's a very active time in parish, uh, so parishes. So that's what, how we had it. Rhonda, what, what, what year did you say you did this first? Was it like this is no this is it oh, this, this this is, is the first, first one gotcha. inaugural <laughs> Sunday is happening this Sunday on October 9th and and I don't want anybody to go oh my gosh it's Wednesday how can I do anything for our deacons you know what you can do you can say thank you you can walk up to them and say thank you so much for serving us so selflessly you can bring them a card you can tell them you're praying for them you can send them a text. These are very simple things. So maybe you didn't get, you know, get it together to have a reception for them, but maybe next year you can. Now you know, second Sunday of October, this is going to happen. And if you go to vocationministry.com, under the events tab is Deacon Sunday, where I have prayers of the faithful that can be put into praying for deacons. I've got mass announcements, bulletin blurbs. Um, a get-to-know-your-deacon uh, questionnaire so that you know how to affirm him. These are just 25 questions to get to know your deacon better. And, um, and like, for example, what is his hobbies? What's his favorite candy? So you know what, how to, to say thank you to him. Um, and so they can go there. I've already put it all together. You know, I've got prayer cards. I've got thank you cards there. Um, everything that you need to celebrate your deacon is right there. Hmm. Amazing. What I love about he- listening to you talk, Rhonda, is that you're a lay person who sees something is missing, and she just goes and makes it happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just like, it's just like yeah, if we, yeah. 
Somebody <laughs> we, said, Rhonda, what did you have to do to make this day in the Catholic Church? Uh, what did you have to do? What permission did you have to receive? And I go, permission? Uh, you know, we've needed, we've, we've needed this day in the church for, you know, probably 30 years, and nobody's done anything about it. Do I really need permission? Is anybody caring about this? You know, is anybody going to say, Rhonda, I can't believe you did this? No, I don't think they even know what's happening. So, um, look, we just got to go. You're right. If you see a need in the church, there's no reason not to say something. Do something. Speak up and make a difference. Mm-hmm. Amen. Rhonda, we're running down to our last couple minutes. Why don't you give uh, the folks the uh, your website so that they can find out more information about your ministry? So everything you need is at vocationministry.com. So whether you want to find out something about Deacon Sunday or Preachers Sunday or all the things, it's all there. All the days in the calendar are there and the resources you need to celebrate these days are at vocationministry.com. If you want to get a copy of Hundredfold or The Harvest or or a, a priest bear or a Dominican nun bear or whatever, you're going to find that at our shop. We have kids' books and all kinds of things there as well to help families promote vocations with their, with, in, their, in their children. So uh, even prayers for children, uh, prayer cards for children. So um, there's so much there. Vocationministry.com is where it's all at. Awesome. So now when we Google... We can find something. Yes, it, it comes right. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Rhonda, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks for your passion, what you're bringing to just raising awareness of and helping uh, young men and women respond to the, whatever the Lord's calling them to, Rhonda. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you so much for having me on and letting me share my story. Yeah. God bless you. You too. God bless. All right, folks, time for another break. And when we come back, Chris is going to share with us the happenings in the Sioux Falls Diocese. So stay with us. More Real Presence Live right after this. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 